welcome back to season two, episode three of Mets Mafia. Very excited for today's episode, a little opening day preview um, set to go on Thursday. So we're very excited uh, to see the Mets back out on the field, get another pot out there. Um, so I'll let the boys say hello and uh, we'll get right into it. To be back on, opening day's right around the corner. It's been up and down spring for our Mets and we're ready to talk about it. MLB's best opening day team, boys. We all know we're hammering the money line. Maybe sprinkle a little minus 1.5 and enjoy a nice Mets W come Thursday. Absolutely. Very well said, men. Um, yeah, like I said, we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, I think uh, to start, you know, the Mets had a very good offseason, I think, from a lot of accounts. Um, people were saying that the Mets won the offseason. They had a couple of real big signings. Uh, you know, Max Scherzer, Marte, those are all um, studs. Definitely going to bring a lot to the table for this team. Um, but some of that uh, glamour has kind of uh, wore down the last couple of weeks. We've had some injuries here, um, you know, elephant in the room with DeGrom. So we'll definitely get into that. Um, but what do you guys think? What's your guys feeling going into opening day? You guys still confident um, where you were or how would you say? I know on WFAN they were asking people if they thought the sky was falling. So um, let me know what you guys. Yeah, I definitely don't think the sky is falling, but. I'm not as comfortable as I was a couple of weeks ago, just because when you lose a player of Jacob DeGrom's caliber for an extended period of time, it definitely makes you worry. But as you mentioned, the Mets won the offseason in a sense. They brought in big names like Max Scherzer, Chris Bassett. I mean, those two guys could carry rotation. We love DeGrom and we need him back as soon as possible. But I wouldn't say the sky's falling because we got accomplished pitchers in the rotation. Then we got young guys who could step up and hopefully Peterson, hopefully Carrasco returns to form. So I think the pitching staff will be all right. And our offense outside of Nimmo has managed to stay healthy and they look good in the spring. So I would say I'm feeling pretty good going into opening day. I think I'm ready to see the boys put on a show. Yeah, certainly not ideal to see uh, DeGrom go down this early. Uh, I know it was a big concern for a lot of people saying, oh, you know, will he be able to sustain his health throwing that hard like we discussed last, uh, last pod. But, uh, you know, we hate to see it happen this early. But again, that's part of the reason why we invested in these pitchers this offseason, because we hit, we were deeper with starting pitching than we were last year, you know, with guys like McGill, Peterson down there kind of just floating as a five, six starter. But now they're going to be plugged right in from day one. So it's good to have some insurance to back him up. Not not great. You know, we were talking last week so much about Scherzer to ground back to back. And, you know, we might not see it till June now, but uh, we just got to uh, stay the course. And it's a it's a long season. So we got to. Hopefully Jake gets back by then and can give us, you know, four, five, six strong months from there. Yeah, I agree. You know, DeGrom is our big horse. So losing him to um, at least June, that definitely hurts. You know, they said that he's not going to pick up a ball for a month and then you figure another four to six weeks um, to ramp it back up. So the earliest we see, we'll see him is June. Um, I think I'm a little more, bit more pessimistic. I am happy that we do have the depth um, like you guys alluded to McGill. I know we have Yamamoto still as well. So we do have some depth guys. Uh, that can help out the rotation, but we def um the Mets uh since the ground has been here when he isn't on the field we're an under 500 team. So I know the team is a much better this year, um but we definitely want the ground out there as soon as possible. Um but definitely want him healthy for the long one, uh long run and uh, hopefully October. So that's the plan there. But the one thing I will say it is a bit concerning that uh we didn't even get through spring training with Jake. I mean he didn't really hasn't really pitched in like eight months. Um and now we get this injury. So it's boiling down to like what's going on here like are they misdiagnosing it because 
all the it was first it was elbow and now it's scapula so um, maybe there's something in the mechanics or something else that's going on but they need to figure out the root of the problem instead of just giving them rest um, and treating the symptoms they really need to find out what's going on so he can be healthy for the long run yeah that's a great point cj um something's definitely up with the grom i don't know if it's what he's doing in between starts or like you said his mechanics but it's also at the same time you could compare it to last year in the sense that everyone knew DeGrom was hurt in a way, and he just kept kind of getting trotted back out there. Like, he was never shut down. So that just led to his season ending in the long run. Maybe the Mets are looking back on that and saying, hey, we're not doing that again this year. You're going to get shut down for a month. You're not touching any baseballs. And then we're going to ramp you back up, and we're going to get you ready for the long run. But I think this injury, this injury's happened before to a bunch of major leaguers, and it, his timetable for return matches up with everyone else. I just feel like the way last year played out definitely played a part in Jake getting shut down the way he is. Yeah, I, I don't really know what it is, man. You know, I, I was talking about it with my pops the other day, and we couldn't really, you know, hit the nail on the head because you see guys like in the league like Scherzer, Verlander, Granke. I mean, even though he's not thrown at as high of a velocity, but these guys have been pitching in league for 15 plus years and they're still going at it almost at age 40. Charlie Morton, guy like him, and they're still top tier. You know, they're staying healthy. And I mean, I know Verlander just got the surgery recently, but for the most part of the careers, they're, they're, they're able to, you know, pitch consistently. And, you know, we're seeing Jake at the age of 33 now. He was already a little bit of a late bloomer coming up at, what, 25 or 26, I think, as a rookie. And, you know, at six, seven years in, at 33, he's got a little bit of nagging injuries. I don't know what it quite, you know, is. You know, I don't know if some guys can pitch through little aches and, and fight through it. I'm not calling Jake soft saying every little, you know, tw twins he gets, he says and sits out because clearly it's something more serious. But I don't know. Maybe some guys' bodies just aren't built for the longevity and the – you know, the strength to last for a while. I mean, I don't really know. I hope Jake can, you know, get healthy though to a point to where he can still pitch for several more years, but it's, it is becoming a slight concern for me, you know, at least for his future with that, with the, in that aspect. No, I agree. It is slightly concerning. Um, You know, we wish, wish Jake the best, hopefully a speedy recovery. He's back out on the mound city field. Um, I know personally, I'd love to watch him pitch. So we hope he's back out there soon. Um, so now that, you know, as we were saying, now more responsibility falls on the other guys in the rotation, um, namely Max Scherzer, who's also dealing with a slight injury himself. He's got a little hamstring tweak. Um, so it looks as of right now, the latest report is that he's scheduled to pitch on Friday. Um, so that will be game two. I know they have uh, bad weather coming on Thursday, so we'll see what's going on there. Um, but Scherzer is scheduled to pitch on Friday. I think supposedly he has more tests on Thursday. That's why he's not starting opening day. Um, but what do you guys think about Max? Are you guys concerned about his hamstring injury? Um, you know, he's getting up there in age as well. So uh, who knows if these nagging injuries start to snowball on him. But uh, how, are you, how are concerned are you guys about this? I'm not as concerned about Max as about other guys because, like Greg was saying, there's certain guys in their careers who just go out and pitch, and I feel like he's one of those guys. Now, that's not saying an injury can happen to him. But he already threw his bullpen. I think that happened this morning, right? He threw a bullpen indoors. And he looked fine. And I think the tests that he has to pass on Thursday are fielding tests. So if he could pitch a bullpen at full speed without this hamstring being an issue, I cross my fingers and I pray that he could field without it being an issue. And I also feel like 
series against Washington to start the season, he's going to want to be out there. And I just feel like he's one of those guys who's tough, like he'll pitch. So I'm not as worried about him as other guys. I, I think Max Scherzer is going to be uh, ready to go. Yeah, Connie, I pretty much agree with you there. Kind of like with what I was just saying, you know, Scherzer's, you know, been battling through shit his whole career, I feel like. And uh, I think he even said it's something he's dealt with in the past, this hamstring injury. So I feel like he, he probably knows his limitations with this particular injury. So he'll know, you know, if he can still pitch on it. I, I mean, obviously, I think being how Max is, he's going to be jacked up to be pitching against his former team in that stadium, you know, p- possibly in the first game of the year if we get a rain out Thursday. So I, I think, you know, he's not going to push himself. He knows his limitations. I, I believe in Max, just like when he went out and threw five innings in his first spring training start and six or seven the next one, I, I have full confidence that he knows what he's doing with himself. No, I agree. I think he's definitely uh, – he's roaring to go out out there against his old team and his old ballpark you know he won a championship with them so I definitely think that Max wants to be out there on Friday um one thing I will add Friday's game is on Apple TV um but as of right now no need to worry for the Apple TV you don't need a subscription the game will be free so you just have to have a smart TV laptop phone anything that you can um access Apple TV and you'll be able to watch the game. You don't need to pay for it. Um, that's as of right now. So there's no subscription for those games. So luckily um, majority of us will still be able to watch Max pitch on Friday. Um, but one thing I also wanted to add, you know, uh, as I said, with the Grom's injury, you know, there's um, burden on other guys. And today um, Walker got pulled out of the start early. Uh, sounded like he had some knee issues. I said he thinks he's going to be all right for his first outing in Philadelphia. Um, but supposedly his velo was down today as well. I know Mike Meyer tweeted that uh, he was 86 to 88, but then uh, deleted the tweet. I think they said the gun was a little slow today. Um, but what, how would you guys feel about Walker? I know he started last season real hot, uh, then started to dwindle a little bit down the stretch. So um, are you guys concerned about Walker at all or what other guys need to step up um, in DeGrom's absence? And who knows with Walker as well? I really, to be honest, I don't know what that velocity, that's a big drop. So I know people, like you were saying, people were saying the gum was slow or whatever. But I'm a little concerned about Taiwan Walker. I know he was an all-star last year. He had that great first half. But in the second half, he was not good at all. So I do like Taiwan Walker. I like him as a player. I like him also as like a clubhouse guy. I like what he's about. Just in terms of this velocity being down, his knee problem, the poor end to last season. I, I don't think he you can necessarily count on him to be what he was last year in the first half, not even close. But I think he's going to fit into the role that he's serving as a later in the guy rotation behind a Scherzer or a Bassett. You know, like him and Carrasco kind of go hand in hand for me. Obviously, they're different, but I have concerns about both of them. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this year we're not asking for as much as we were last year with Taiwan. Um, it, it definitely, I am a little concerned about him though. You know, I know we, uh, we've discussed in the past and we all saw last year that he threw more innings last year in the first half up until the all-star break probably than he did in, I think, what, two or three years, uh, seasons prior to that with all the injuries and everything he dealt with. And that was a big part as to why he struggled in the second half. The fatigue settled in he did not have his best stuff and he got knocked around, couldn't go deep into games. I was kind of hoping that, you know, with the off season, you know, spring training and everything, he'd come back and maybe get back to that first half of last year form. 
So to see a week before the season or a week before his first start to see him, I don't care if the gun was a little slow. I mean, how slow, how off could that gun have been? Even if it was two to four miles an hour, what is he still sitting? 90, 92 max. And he's a guy who's typically sitting mid mid nineties. So to see that, that, that does worry me. Um, I don't know how serious the knee injury is too. I mean, you don't want to see a nagging injury on a guy who's that big too, especially in his knee. Uh, but Taiwan, I'm, I'm a little worried about if we start to see some signs of that early this year, because like we said, he is kind of pivotal. He's, he's in a smaller role this year. We're not asking as much, but he's going to be pretty key, especially with DeGrom out. He's going to be the three now. So we really need him or whether it's Carrasco, one of them to actually step up and, and be the, you know, three-headed guy right there. No, yeah, I agree. I think that Carrasco, he definitely needs to step up as well. Um, you know, I kind of look towards the younger guys um, to see who'll step up there. I think McGill will uh, will get his shot in rotation now. So good for him. He pitched um, well in spurts last year. So I think uh, more falls on McGill's shoulders for sure. Um, but one guy I think that has a lot of pressure on him now is Bassett. You know, he's brought in to kind of be uh, number three, like a high-end number three starter. And now he's uh, thrust into that number two role. So I think he's definitely capable of it. Um, but, you know, you look around the league, the Dodgers, uh, other teams like that, um, you know, Bassett as a number two, it doesn't really scare many people. So uh, he's definitely better suited for that number three role. But I think a lot more pressure um, falls on his sh- shoulders now. Uh, he's another big name acquisition we got in the offseason. So I think he has a lot more responsibility um, and he has to pitch real well, definitely in the beginning of the season with the Grom out. I, my thing about the pitching is what we have to do is make way until June. Because let's say we had June and July where we have a healthy rotation, we'll be all right. And the Mets notoriously are terrible in June. So maybe getting the Grom back could be a big boost. But as long as you get Scherzer to stay healthy, through April and May, like you said, CJ, more pressures on Bassett, but I think Bassett is more than capable than being a solid starter. And I think he could carry the load for a little bit, but like you said, he doesn't have the the ground Scherzer type stuff. As long as our guys could just carry us through to June, July, and then we get our guys fully healthy and back like the Grom, I think we'll be all right. But the rotation is definitely an area to be concerned about. I'm a little more concerned about the rotation than I am the offense, surprisingly. And not to mention, you know, the bullpen, too. I think the, the pitching as a whole is a little bit of a question mark. And I think, you know, we're saying we're, we got to hold out and wait till June when DeGrom gets back. But I feel like by the time June comes around, we're going to pretty much know what we uh, what we need to do in terms of acquisition wise. If, you know, we need to do if we do need to bring another starter, if we do need to go after another arm in the pen. So uh, these first two months are going to be very telling of uh, how we how we have been built as a team. Obviously, we're missing a. Uh, our top dog, but you know, that's going to be a test for everyone else. See if what we put together really can get us where we want to go. So maybe in in a weird way, it's a blessing that we'll be able to test them in the first two months rather than test them in the last two months to see if, you know, they hold up then we'll kind of be able to know even because we're going to be getting a little insurance halfway through the year. So who knows? I just want to throw one more thing in, too. You go back to last year, you know who we need Chris Bassett to be like, even though he went out in an ugly way, and Mets fans aren't too fond of him anymore. He's like a Marcus Stroman. Uh, Stroman, DeGrom was hurt last year, too. He was missing starts here and there, but Stroman was a rock. He went out there every five starts, and he gave us good starts. 
So if you could get Chris Bassett to almost be like last year's Marcus Stroman, then we'll be all right. Because the Mets were in first place for almost all of last year, and then we collapsed. So that's what I'm looking for out of Bassett. No, I think that is a good point, Connie, just to go in there and fill that Stroman role. I think that's something um, that is needed. Got to eat up the innings. Um, because like we said, depth is definitely going to be tested um, the first two months of the season. So we're going to see uh, how well the team's put together, see if we have any cracks in the foundation, um, anything like that. But I am excited for uh, what we've built so far. I know that uh, we have some tickets to the home opener of the 15th, so we're very excited for that. Hoping for some good weather. We'll see the Tom Seaver statue and such. So there's definitely a lot to be excited about for the Mets. Um, you know, as always, there's always some fans that uh, look at the negative, but we're trying to stay positive. You know, it should be a promising season, and we're ready to get off to that opening day. It should be a fun one. It is about the Mets, though, man. I'm so tired. Like everyone was saying, Ray Ramirez, Ray Ramirez, Ray Ramirez, but. Now we still have the same problem. It's injuries and injuries. You just got to hope it doesn't plague us for the whole year because it's like a Mets curse, man. You just can't escape the injuries. We just can't have nice things, man. We always got to, even when we're at the, having the highest of highs, something always fucking takes us out and sweeps the legs. Yeah, I know, like, with the DeGrom injury, you know, the, there were rumors the Mets were um countering they were looking at uh chris paddock um from the padres that deal was rumored to be paddock hosmer and pagan maybe some others for a combination of like dom smith maybe somebody else i know i personally was not a fan of it i don't think paddock is that great he did have a good very, a very good rookie season um pete did take him deep show him who was boss won the rookie year over him uh but you know paddock has fallen off i think since that i know they said that the mets um had a feeling that with like their analytics team they could uh get some more out of him than what he's doing in San Diego. I mean, Hosmer, that contract, terrible. Uh, what do we really need him for? I know they said the Mets were looking to flip him as well, maybe potentially to the Cubs. Um, I'm not really crazy about that because what if you had Hosmer stuck on your hands? But the one thing I would say, I did like Pagan. I think the bullpen could use um, another shutdown arm. I think Pagan is a very good reliever, so that was something I was interested in. Um, but at the end of the day, definitely not for Dom Smith. Dom is definitely more – valuable than that I think Dom's gonna have a huge season um he's healthy I love Dom's swing uh you know I've always been a big fan of Dom so I'm happy that deal didn't go through um and I'm just curious to see what you guys think I think Twitter was I think mostly um siding with me I don't think that many people were for the trade I know I did see a couple people that were interested in it so I'm curious to see what you guys think I agree with you for sure um I feel like Mets fans especially realize Dom Smith and what kind of potential he has because when I was talking with fans of other teams particularly Yankee fans they were like why on earth wouldn't you do that trade but Dom Smith has potential like you saw he tore it up this spring training and I just think Dom Smith is ready to continue where he left off in 20 in 2020 when he had a really good year in that shortened season I think he's going to fix his wrongs from last year and like you said Hosmer, I'm not interested. It is worth noting, too, that this Padres were sending cash where we would pay $6.25 million for Hosmer instead of his whole contract. But still, I just don't think the guy's good. Like you said, I don't see any need for him. I feel like our lineup gets weaker. And um, Paddock, I would have, Paddock, I would have, I can't lie, I would have been a little excited about because he's a young guy who's had success in the past, but he looks like he's not the same pitcher he used to be, too. And then Pagan would have been a nice piece again in the bullpen, but what it all comes down to is I wanted to hold on to Dom Smith. 
Yeah, I, uh, I had a lot of thoughts about this when I heard these rumors. And, you know, I, I'll play a little devil's advocate at first, but I, I do agree with you guys uh, in the end with my, with my full opinion. But I can, I can see why some people might have thought that it made a lot of sense to do this trade and why all oh, that for Dom Smith, that's a no-brainer. You know, you're getting Paddock, who's, you know, still fairly young. He's shown some signs of life. And, you know, maybe we could turn him, you know, back into that 2019 form. I actually didn't mind the paddock aspect. I think Pagan's a pretty decent bullpen arm, could definitely have helped us. Uh, not a fan of Hosmer at all anymore. You know, there, there's two reasons I didn't like this trade, and it's because I think we don't need Hosmer as an, add another wash veteran to go with Cano, because now if you part with Dom Smith and you bring him in, you bring him in you're now riding with Eric Hosmer and Robinson Cano every day who are two washed-up veterans, and yeah, I'm sure they're nice guys, and I'm sure Hosmer's a good clubhouse guy, uh, like he has been for the most part of his career, but uh, there's no reason, in my opinion, to give up on a 26-year-old guy who has shown you something. Yeah, granted, Dom Smith only did it in a 60-game span, and, and you know he had some signs in 2019, and he was awful last year, so his sample size of, of greatness wasn't isn't hasn't been there a ton, but I would rather give an everyday job, whether it's DHing, alternating time at 1B with Pete Alonso, giving him some burn in the outfield to a 26-year-old Dom Smith who's shown you something who can go places for the next five or six years, rather than give all that time in the world to two 35, 37-year-old guys who, I'm sorry, are not going to be giving you as much as what he could. I absolutely hated the trade in that in that fact. You know, I, I liked the pitchers. I liked the idea that they might want to go after another arm and replace for DeGrom. And that that's showing me, you know, something come middle of the season that they're going to be aggressive for pitchers. But I absolutely hated the fact dumping Dom Smith, you know, just like that when this was – when the, the day after the, this news came out. That really bothered me. Yeah, no, I think those are good points from the both of you guys. Uh, you know, Dom Smith, like you said, Greg, he still has potential. You know, there's still some untapped potential there. Um, you know, so we still don't, not quite sure what his ceiling is. We know that Eric, we know what Eric Hosmer's ceiling is, and we know that he's well past his prime. So, like you said, there's no reason to um, bring him in. Yeah, good clubhouse guy, but, you know, that's not doing it for me, not for that money. And like you said, not to give up on a guy like Dom Smith, who does have some untapped potential there, and I think can be a very good player in this league. So, you know, I think that we did hit that trade good, and I think that kind of just leads us uh, into a roster breakdown. I think, uh, you know, the Mets haven't announced their final roster. I know there's still some guys um, on the edge there, seeing if they're going to make the roster or not. I know Jankowski uh, is scheduled to be on the team, the Stony Brook alum, Travis Jankowski. Uh, as long as Scherzer pitches on Friday, Jankowski will be on the team. It looks like uh, it's only up in the air uh, if the Mets need to bring up another pitcher um, to take the place for Scherzer, then Jankowski will get the bounce back to AAA. But yeah, so we definitely have um, some roster breakdown to talk about. I know that we've been doing some math. We're looking at like 27 guys for 26 spots. So I know we're excited to um, talk about the roster a little bit. So I'll let you kick that off, Connie. All right, yeah, you guys, uh, we'll just start with – we'll start with offense. We'll start with the hitters. I'll just start by breaking down the catcher position looks solidified. You know, Nito's going to be on the roster and McCann's going to be on the roster. First base, we'll have Alonzo, Dom Smith. Second base, you'll have McNeil, Cano. Third base, you will have Escobar and JD. And shortstop, you'll have Francisco Lindor and Luis Guillorme. So just in the infield, you have – 
10 spots taken up by hitters. And then Greg will pass it to you for what you think the outfield will look like. So far, we're at 10. Yeah, and the beauty with a lot of those guys in the infield is that a couple of them could play the outfield. You know, we got Nimmo, Marte, and Canna as the main outfield guys. And with Jankowski, if he makes the team, depending on what happens with that extra pitcher spot, there's your fourth outfielder. But then you got, you know, McNeil, who could play a corner spot, J.D. Davis, Dom Smith. So I think that's a nice little luxury we have when it comes to the, uh, the offense and the defense of position players. No, yeah, I agree. We got some guys that are versatile. I think that's huge, especially in today's um, game, today's Major League Baseball. You know, you need to have guys that can play multiple positions. Um, and I think that that's where the game is going. And in past years, we didn't really have too many guys like that. And I think now um, they're kind of prioritizing athletes, guys that can move around, versatile. So I think that is definitely um, a good thing for depth. It also keeps guys uh, able to get a lot of bats, especially if they are hot. Um, so they'll be able to get their bats in the lineup. I think that's good for Buck Showalter, a veteran manager. You know, I think he's going to be uh, – I think he'll shuffle the lineup well. He's going to play some matchups and stuff. I don't think he's going to listen to a analytics 100% of the time. I think he's definitely going to mix it in. Um, but So I'm excited to see how Buck handles getting all these guys at bats. Uh, like we said, we got Kana in right field with Marte. Um, Marte figures to be in the mix for center field as well. And then uh, Connor is the same thing for left field with Dom Smith, some other dudes out there. Um, so, you know, the one thing that I would say is pitching. Uh, I think that we do have some good spots there. I know I mentioned McGill. Uh, happy to see him on the roster. We got Bassett, Carrasco, Walker. Um, Peterson figures to be in the mix somewhere. I think he'll be out of the bullpen, maybe as that um, long swingman guy. So I'm excited to see his role, too. You know, he's kind of been up and down. Um, former first-round pick that we did have some promise in. So I think it's kind of put up or shut up time for Peterson too. Yeah, I agree. Those guys should all, in the rotation, they should all be up, especially with the injury concerns currently. I feel like you got to have them ready to go at any, any given day. In the bullpen, looks like it's definitely Diaz is going to be our closer. Then you got Diaz, May, Lugo. You have Jason Shreve. Looks like he could make the roster as a lefty. The other lefties you got going is Joely Rodriguez, who we just acquired for... Miguel Castro, uh, you have Drew Smith, who I am very excited about. I've always been a fan of Drew Smith. I hope he puts it together this year. And then you have Adam Onavino, who was newly acquired. And then you have a couple other guys fighting for different spots. And Greg, I'll let you talk about those guys. Yeah, uh, I know we've alluded to it, and I've kind of been bashing on it. But, you know, the, the bullpen, I don't think it's going to be as bad as, as, as I at least have been making it out to be. Uh, you know, I think Diaz can be a top top guy you know Lugo if he can get back to a little bit of his old form is one of the best most versatile relievers in the game uh Trevor May was a little up and down last year but I think the stuff is there when if he puts it together he can be a nice seventh eighth inning guy uh I know we were talking about it you know in the last week I think you know Jason Shreve actually hasn't been looking bad I, I know he doesn't have a great track record but I think he could be a decent lefty out of the pen Drew Smith I know all three of us are fans of so hopefully he can you know always eat up innings for us and do a solid job. Uh, and Adovino is kind of that, that last guy that uh, is a little bit, uh, I know CJ said he's going to be the familiar role. And I think he could actually excel in a, in a, in a spot like that, not in the high leverage spots. And he's got some, he's still got that nasty slider. Like I said, last pot, I, I have a little bit of faith in Adovino, even though his stuff's, you know, he's not Adovino of old, but you know, and then that last spot in the, in the bullpen, I, I, I do like the idea of having Peterson up, all year because um 
me and Connie were talking earlier about, like you see, you know, the Brewers are, are thinking about going to a six-man rotation this year, uh, at least for part of the year, which, you know, it, you would think doesn't make sense. You know, they got Woodruff, uh, Burns, and Peralta, who are all coming off stellar years. Why would you want to give them, you know, an extra day off and, and not have them go every fifth day? But I actually really don't mind the idea, at least in the Mets case, of going to a six-man rotation with a guy like Peterson, maybe not every week, but getting a spot start from time to time, you know, uh, I, I think with the cram schedule that we're going to have this year, double headers, everything that's going to happen, especially with the injuries. And it's, it's a long year. I don't mind at all carrying six starting pitchers up and using it early in the year. I think, I, I actually think they should do that, especially in April and kind of get them over in the colder weather months rather until the summer comes and, you know, everyone gets more on a regular schedule. So I really hope that Peterson's up here to stay and that they run with him a lot more like that. Yeah, you know, Greg, I think that is a good point. Um, like you said, especially, I think the big point there is the injuries. You know, we have some older guys in the staff. You know, DeGrom's health is a question mark. Scherzer's getting up there. Now we've seen Walker have the knee flare-up. So I think the six-man rotation, I don't think that's the worst idea. Like you said, not the whole year, but maybe a couple weeks at a time. You know, a couple um, stints in the season, they do go to that six-man rotation just to give everybody a blow. Um, I definitely think that's something that's realistic and that we can see. Um, throughout the season. One thing that I also think is very interesting, um, I know we've talked about Shreve, Joely. Um, I think that the left-handed competition the Mets have, they have a couple guys there. We've said Peterson, they got Joely, they got Shreve. Um, so I think that they're okay right now in the left-handed reliever department. We've seen the Mets in the past kind of just try and mix and match with the lefties. Um, so I think they're okay for that right now especially with the three batter rule, the left-handed specialist isn't as important as it used to be, but you definitely need that big lefty um, in the bullpen. So I think the Mets are going to stand pat for now um, as we move towards the trade deadline, kind of see how things work out. Um, but I'm pretty, I'm all right uh, right now with the, what the left-handed reliever situation looks like. Um, like you said, Adovino in the familiar role, I think that's something um, that could be good for him. So not as high leverage. Um, and then you got Drew Smith, who figures to be in the mix as well. I know they have had uh, rumors about maybe if we have to go with the opener on Thursday, it might be him. Um, so we'll see. I think the bullpen's in a decent spot. Definitely could use some more talent. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think there is some talent in the bullpen. They're definitely going to be looking to add. But I got to be blunt. I really think the Mets, this is the one area of the team that the front office botched this offseason. I don't think it got any better, and I don't think it was very good last year. I think it might have even gotten worse because we lost one of our most productive relievers, and our signing was Adam Adovino. And I, th I just feel like we're talking about too many hopeful chances in our bullpen and not solidified guys. Like, even Seth Lugo, we've seen him be good, but he wasn't sold on. I think he will be solid. I think he's got the stuff, and he's – Going on his third year in Queensland, he's got to be getting more comfortable. I just feel like the Mets could have done so much more, man. I feel that our bullpen is going to be a weakness. It's going to be exposed. I mean, I'm hopeful that they hold up because, like we were talking, we have hopeful guys. Like, we're hopeful that Adovino goes back to old form. We're hopeful that Drew Smith could be good. We're hopeful that Chase and Shreve could be the lefty that we're looking for. Um, but I just feel like there were guys out there that the Mets failed to get. And I feel that if there's a – part of this team that could come back to bite him in the ass. It's the bullpen. Yeah, uh, you're right, Connie. I mean, I know I just kind of went into it a little bit with the bullpen. I, I think I was being a little too optimistic to, uh, to say the least, because, you know, now that I think about it, there was a lot of ifs 
there's a lot of ifs in that bullpen, like you just said. I think I think Diaz is the top five closer in the league, and I and I have faith in him. But yeah, the rest of the uh, the guys in there, you know, are not bona fide guys, and that's a good point you 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 made. Uh, we let we got we did get worse. We let our best, most efficient reliever last year go, and the only guy we bring in is Adam Adovino, a declining Adam Adovino. So. That was definitely the one thing we didn't address this offseason, but I think, like we've said in the last in the past, we will this season. So that's where I have faith. You know, we even saw it with this uh, idea to trade Dom Smith. We were looking to get a starter and a reliever. So I think there will be options going forward uh, to bolster that bullpen. Yeah, I agree. Like we said, I think we've said it many times before. I think that they'll make some midseason trades, definitely see how it plays out so um i think what you guys said was very well spoken um and i think we'll just jump into i think we got some bold predictions i know everybody liked that segment last year we did over under stuff like that so this year we're just gonna do some bold predictions then we'll do an opening day breakdown um so what you got for bold predictions honey knock us out of here and uh, let's see what i can think of while you uh while you spew it out yeah so keep in mind this is a bold prediction i'm not taking the easy route I think this is a very unpopular opinion amongst Mets fans, but I do think Robbie Cano is going to hit. I feel like whether it's DHing, but even though with the PEDs and everything, even before he went out on that suspension, he was hitting with the Mets. And even in the spring, he's looked bad at times, but he ended the spring in 360. He's a veteran hitter. He's been around the block. He's got that smooth swing. And I think if he, he can't play the field, guys, he's got to be a full-time DH. If he DHs, I feel like you could see him put up decent numbers. I'll tell you right now, he is going to hit, but he's going to hit for, what, three weeks, and then he's going to be injured and just racking in the money, stealing it from us. Listen, I I always liked Robbie Cano throughout his career. I'm not too crazy about him anymore because I I just – I don't know. I I think he's – like I said, he's going to hit for three weeks, and then he's going to – He's going to get hurt and collect a paycheck. But the reason I'm, I don't want him to hit is because all it's going to do is take away time from Dom Smith. And then the last thing I want to see is Dom Smith get unhappy and, you know, want to say, oh, I want to go be an everyday player. And then they, they trade him midseason. But that's neither here nor there. I already got into that. My bold prediction, I mean, it's not that hot of a take, but I guess it is off recency bias. I do believe that Francisco Lindor will be – top 10 MVP candidate, maybe top five. I got a lot of faith in my guy. I do think we're going to see that Carlos Beltran type effect where the rough first year, second year coming back, and he's a monster, and he can lead us to the division, to the playoffs. You know, I know Lindor was great last spring training, and then he did what he did last year, but he has looked awesome in spring training again this year, and I just think he's going to get more comfortable. He's going to have a little more protection in that lineup. I have high hopes for our guy Frankie offensively this year. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think that Lindor, uh, I have high expectations for him this year as well. I think that he will have a bounce back here. Um, I personally think that his ceiling in like today's MLB is like top 10 MVP. Uh, I mean, if he has a really great year, the Mets win 95, 100 games. I could see him maybe top five, but I just don't think that, the way the National League is now, I mean, you have so many superstars. You think of Acuna. I know he won't be there for the full season. Um, but you think of guys like that, and these guys are superstars. And I feel like they're just a little bit more dynamic from, like, just a power perspective. You know, Lindor's average has been down the last couple of years. He still does play phenomenal defense. Um, but, yeah, I do like Lindor this year. I think he's going to have a great season. 
I just personally think that his ceiling um, is top 10. And that, that's still a fantastic player. I just don't see him as a guy who would be the first to win the Mets MVP. But I do like that bold prediction, Greg. Um, you know, and for my bold prediction, I'm kind of going to go out on the limb here. Uh, a lot of people probably won't like this one. Maybe it's a little pessimistic, but I do not believe that DeGraw makes 20-plus starts this year. I just I, – I, I mean, with the injury now, it's been before he's thrown. I do love DeGraw. I wish him the best. But I just can't see a way that he gets 20-plus in. I mean, this, like we said, this should be the healthiest he's been. He hasn't thrown in like eight months, and we're already seeing some flare-ups. So um, I think that is something that, you know, I wish – I hope I am wrong but I don't think that DeGrom hits 20 start thresholds. Um, I think 2025 right now is what they're saying would be maximum, um, a pipe dream, but I, I don't think that he gets 20 starts. Uh, but hopefully healthy for October and ready to go. CJ, that's an interesting point. So basically what that means is you think after he comes back from this injury, he's either going to suffer some sort of setback or he's going to get injured again and he's going to miss some more stuff. I never wish like a setback no, or anything I'm, like that, but I think, like, yeah, no, I know what you're saying, but I think what Greg made a good point before, like six man rotation kind of thing. I think they're also going to try and keep him healthy. So I think that maybe skipping him once in a while, or Greg said six man rotation. I think something like that could be in the cards because at the end of the day, the Mets need him healthy for the stretch run. So I think what the most important thing is, is to get him through the season, still has stuff left in the tank, and he's ready to go. I mean, it's not granted that the Mets are going to be in October. We obviously need him for that. But um, the way things are going, I know he said he's opting out of his contract. So that's got to be something in the back of his mind as well. He definitely wants to be healthy. Um, so that's just personally my opinion. I think 20 starts could be a bit much for him this year. I don't know. You know, typically a full season, they get like 30-plus. Um, he's missing around. going to be out until at least June. So um, that's just what I figure there personally. I could agree with both your guys' takes. So I'm going to mess around and just throw some over-unders at you real quick. Just let me know if you guys think over or under. All right, so let's start with Dom Smith, two, 280 average, over-under. I'm going to say under. You know, I do, I do think Dom's going to have a big year, but I just think 280 is, is – it's a pretty, you know, high average. So I think Dom will be a nice, cool 260, 270, but hit for a lot of power, get a lot of ribbies. I just don't quite think he'll be a 280 guy. Yeah, good point. I think 280 is maybe a tad high. I think if he is 280, that's a fantastic season. Not saying that he can't do it. Um, he does have a fantastic swing. I think 280 is a bit high. I, I'm going to go under as well. I think Dom will hit anywhere, like Greg said. I think I personally think anywhere from around the 270 range, maybe 275, uh, 30 plus doubles, 20, 25 dongs. Um, that's the season I expect about him. That's a big season, you know, drive in 85, 90 runs. Um, so that's the season I'm hoping for for Dom. I just don't think the average will get to 280. All right. What about Pete Alonzo? 38 homers. Over, over, over. I, I think Pete is a perennial home run, MLB home run leading candidate. And I think we're going to see a 40 home run season for Pete this year. I agree with Greg. I think we're two for two right now. Me and Greggy on the same page. I'm going to go over as well. I think Pete, his floor is kind of around that 35 home run range. You know, if he's fully healthy, uh, the guy just, he hits home runs. That's what he does. He's a power hitter, slugging first baseman. That's his job. And you know what? He does a damn good job of it. So we're happy to have him on the team. And I think Pete will go over 38 home runs. 
Escobar, 80 RBIs. That's an interesting one. You know, he's been a big RBI guy the last couple of years. 80 is a good little over-under number. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say over. I think he's going to be hitting in the five hole. He's going to be in a good spot behind uh, the top of the order where he's going to – and it's just what he does. You know, it's what he's done for the last five years of his career. I think, I think he'll go over 80. I, I like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you're looking at it from his numbers last year, 80 definitely sounds low. That guy is an RBI producer, run producer, um, guy go out, goes out there and gets the job done. Uh, I'm going to go over 80 as well. I think that he will get the amount at bats for, like Greg said, he should figure somewhere um, in the middle of the order. So I am going to go over, uh, but I'm going to say that tentatively because, you know, some of the Mets free signings in recent years, a lot of them have been flops, but I am going to go stay optimistic, go over for a Wardo. Uh, 80 RBIs, I think he can get that done for sure. He should have the consistent at-bats. Offensive one, this one's for Greg, specifically Brandon Nimmo, over 385 OBP. Well, uh, this is going to be my bold prediction of the year. I'm going to say over because I I think I'm going to make it a promise to myself to to cut down on the Brandon Nimmo slander, although I know it's been known to have a nice reverse psychology effect. So if I see him start to struggle and I'm not saying talking any shit, I will definitely get back on that train. Uh, I'm still not happy about him being the one hitter, but you know, unfortunately there's a force field in the strike zone when he's at the plate and pitchers don't want to throw him strikes when he's the worst hitter in the lineup, I think, but you know, whatever he'll, he'll walk and get on base. Yeah, I'm going over as well. I know Greggy's not that big of a fan of Nimmo. I personally, I like Nimmo. It's not that I don't hate him. You know, not my favorite player, not my least favorite. Um, I think he does a good job being a leadoff hitter, getting on base, career 393 on base percentage. So I'm going to play the math game. I'm going to go over there, uh, go with his career average. I think he'll get it over 385. All right, now a couple on the pitching side. This one is assuming he makes all the starts, which is – it's a big hope. So assuming he stays healthy and makes starts, Carlos Carrasco, nine wins. That's a tough one. That's definitely a tough one because, like you said, his health is going to be a question mark. We don't even know how many games he's going to start. Uh, I'm probably just going to go under. I think that's the safe bet. I, Yeah, I, I don't really – that's a tough one. I'm just going to take the under. Yeah, I agree. That's a tough one. Health is always a big question mark with Cookie. Um, you know, he's a fantastic pitcher when healthy. Um, at least recently he was. I know he hasn't really shown it yet with the Mets. Um, nine wins for Carrasco. I think I have to go with Greg. I'm going to go under. I think he does get close, probably somewhere in the seven, eight range. Maybe he does get to 10 or so. But with the health being that big of a factor, you know, just kind of got to gotta factor that in. So I'm going to go with under if I'm a betting man. All right, one more starter. I'm going to say 13 and a half because I couldn't come up with a good number for him. Wins for Scherzer. I, I think over. I'm, and, uh, you know, I think when it comes to Max Scherzer, it's just going to be will the offense hit on the days he pitches? Uh, you know, I think he's going to keep us in more than enough to get his, his wins and pitch deep into games. So I'm definitely taking the over there. Yeah, I'm with Greggy again on this one. I'm going with the over. I think Max um, will be up there um, for the league leaders and wins. You know, if he stays healthy, uh, the Mets offense should produce for him, um, at least on paper. We've added some talent there. So I think Max will get over 13 and a half wins. Um, and, you know, I think that's a big reason uh, 
why like with the DeGrom thing, you know, I think a lot of it falls on Max, uh, Max's shoulders there. Um, so I do expect him to have a big season on his first one in orange and blue. I got one for you guys now, Connie, if I'm going to, let me hop in here. Uh, Jeff McNeil over under 280 batting average. What do you guys think? I'm going under just, I don't think he's going to necessarily have a bad year, but as of, from what we saw last year, I don't know if he's going to hit over 280. I, I hope so. Cause I really like Jeff McNeil. I think he is going to turn into a bottom part of the order guy. And, you know, I think he'll hit hopefully 260, 270, but I don't know. I feel like McNeil might be a different type of player. And honestly, he's one of those guys where if he plays well, I feel like he might almost get traded in a sense. So I just don't see McNeil being the old hitter of old. I'm going to go under. Yeah, I agree with Cunny. It is kind of a tough spot for McNeil because, like he said, if he plays well, he, he kind of could almost play himself out of town with the amount of depth that we have and needs in other positions. So um, I definitely could see that. I'm going to go under as well. Um, I am a McNeil fan. I loved his swing when he first came up. I thought he was a fantastic hitter. I think he's gone away from that too much. I don't know if he still has that swing in him with everything that's changed. You know, it's been a while uh, since we've seen him as that plus 300 hitter. Um, so I'm going to go with under there as well. Um, just too many factors. And uh, I think under is a safer bet. So you guys bring up an interesting point. I know we're, uh, we're running a little long, but I got a question for you. So, you know, you said you think Jeff might be able to play himself out of town. The only thing that, you know, worries me about that is that he's, he's our 2B right now. So I know, I know Escobar can play a little 2B, but then 3B gets a little open. What, what's your guys' point when you say that? Because do you, do you have that with the anticipation? Maybe we see Beatty this year. Maybe we see Mauricio soon. Like, what exactly is, you know, the plan? If you think he gets off to a roaring start, but we want to keep Dom, we want to dish Jeff, what exactly would your replacement be? Two weeks, and sure, hell is not going to be Cano. Yeah, you know, that is a good point. Um, something I hadn't really think about. I don't think that we'll see – um, Ronnie or Beatty too early in the season. I think that we will see Vientos at some point, maybe around June, July, especially if he hits well in AAA. I think Vientos is definitely going to be in the fold, but he kind of profiles more as like a DH kind of dude there as well. Um, you know, I think Cano play second base maybe once a week, twice a week. Yeah, like you said, not really the long-term answer there. It's second base, I think Escobar is a viable option um, at two weeks, especially with um, what Lindor brings up the middle, I think that they'd be all right playing Escobar there, especially if he is hitting. Um, I just think that uh, with as much faith I have personally in Dom, I uh, want him to get his at-bats. Like, like I said, there's needs in other areas, some pitching holes. Uh, relief pitcher definitely could be a big one. We've said lefty relievers. Um, so I just think that there's a way that Jeff plays well enough where he's kind of just surplus um, to our needs here, and they use him to uh, better the team in other areas. Yeah, that's a great point, Greg. Uh, second base, he's definitely our best second baseman on the roster. I could see Escobar sliding over to 2B and J.D. Davis playing third, but we all seen J.D. play third, and it's not too pretty. But you saw Dom Smith almost get traded for an Eric Hosmer type guy, you know, a veteran who's aging, whose contract you might not want to get rid of. And let's say McNeil is playing well. It's probably going to be around the trade deadline. I feel like oftentimes you see guys – go after let's say we were going after a prime reliever but then we might also get a contract dump for someone who could play third base and an aging veteran or something I could see that type of move happening because going forward you can't really keep J.D. Davis, Tom Smith and Jeff McNeil on your roster for I think they're all under control for maybe two more years after this year 
So it's kind of like a log jam that I feel like is eventually going to settle itself. And I feel like it's not going to be the worst guy who gets traded because you're not going to get the value for them. It's going to be the best guy. And like CJ was saying, my hope for Don Smith is he's playing so well that we don't want to get rid of him and he could be our left fielder. Then you got a guy like McNeil where we have Lindor and Escobar in the infield with Pete Alonzo. Maybe you could trade for a veteran while we wait for Beatty. Yeah, I just wanted to hop in. I think one thing that is a counter, I think that kind of that we've seen already this season, you know, when the Mets traded for Bassett, we thought that JD or Jeff or Dom, that would be like a prime piece in that deal. And instead they went with prospects. They went that route. Um, so I think that, and it has been said, Steve, um, wants to be like the Dodgers of the East, wants the team to be built out that way. And the Dodgers have so many depths at their position players, so many guys that can hit. They just funnel them out there. So I don't think it's a guarantee that Jeff gets traded. Like I said, Connie, you brought up a good point. There is that log jam, but I think that's kind of something that maybe they could be going for because they do want all that depth and guys just being able to step in, um, being able to play the matchups. Or if somebody gets hurt, something like that, they can still have a MLB caliber player there that you're not getting a replacement guy who should be in triple a or something like that. Um, so I think there is something to that. I think that is a great point by Greg. So um, I don't think it's for certain that McNeil gets traded, especially with what we've seen in the off season. Um, but I do think it is a possibility, but definitely a good point. from Yeah, I see, I see both sides. That's why I asked the question because I was curious, you know, it definitely, Makes me think, you know, I, yeah, I could see them maybe making a deal for like a uh, maybe Moustakis and a reliever on the Reds who might be having a good year, you know. But the way I look at it is if Jeff's having that good of a year and the Mets are doing pretty good, why, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, I feel like they're going to be inclined. But I can see the other side of it to what you guys are saying. So, you know, but again, those would be good problems to have come, you know, June, July. Yeah, and when you think of what scares me is like Dom Smith almost already requested a trade, right. For being happy, unhappy with his role. So while I agree with CJ where it's great to have all these players and have this log jam, you run into the problem where it becomes a problem. Like Dom Smith, I don't know if these rumors are true or not, but apparently he's not happy being that platoon player. Do you think Jeff McNeil would be happy being a platoon? I don't think he's going to be because he's going to play second base. But let's say, like, just situation calls for it where he's not in the everyday lineup. You know, J.D.'s having a good year, but he's not getting as much playing time as he wants. I think it's a great thing to have, but it could also turn into a problem really fast with guys not being happy with what playing time they're being situated with. Yeah, Like you said, I think it's a good problem to have, though. Because like you said, I also think that Buck Showalter is a talented manager. I think that he'll be able to um, handle the personalities in the clubhouse and you know, when you think about it, baseball, 162-game season, there's enough at-bats to go around for 12 guys, 13 dudes. You know, guys will be hurt. Guys will go through slumps, other things like that. There's so many factors in such a long season. Um, that I think the depth – I think everybody's going to get their fair share at-bats. So I don't think it's going to be um, people crying for playing time type deal. I could see it maybe if you're not playing well, you get demoted um, to like a bench role reserve, something like that, like in a Jeff McNeil case or – God forbid Dom has a slow start, anything like that. I could definitely see that. Um, but I think that Buck Walter will definitely get everybody there at bats. Um, I think he, he's a veteran manager. Uh, he, should, he has the track record for it. I think that uh, he'll make sure he can get everybody uh, happy. And one quick thing about Buck, I don't know if we spoke about it on the last pod. I just want to get in. I absolutely love 
how what Buck did in spring training this year, how he uh, in the past, like, I don't know if it was the Wilpons or the past managers had a rule where they, they weren't letting Keith Hernandez and another former Mets down to, uh, to the, to the camp to kind of talk to the players and stuff. And, and Buck heard that and he came and he's like, he told Keith, Keith was talking about on the broadcast. He's like, no, I want you. He's like, he's like, get down here. He got in the golf cart with him. He introduced him to the whole player, the whole players, the whole staff, everything. And, you know, that's just something you see about Buck being that veteran guy that we always talk about that you just love, you know, he's going back to the Mets history and Mets culture. And I think it's so important to have those legends hang around these younger players. You know, we see Mike Piazza down there every year. You see Mookie Wilson. You see all these guys. I know David was there recently. You know, it, it, that's so important to me for, for an organizational standpoint. I love the fact that they bring, they're bringing Keith around because I think he's, you know, so much knowledge to go around just for all the hitters and, you know, Pete especially defensively and all that. Yeah, the Mets, Buck, and the front office included have done a much better job of celebrating our history between the Seaver statue, Keith Hernandez's number going up, Kuzman's number going up. Ever since Steve Cohen took over, there's more of a sense of pride in the history of the Mets, and I, I love that, like you mentioned, Greg. I want to throw out one last over-under because it's kind of like the culminating one. It's always good to get this in before we see any slow start, hot start. Mets win totals. Let's call it 80 eight win 87 wins 87 wins because that's going to be a playoff spot most likely it's not quite 90 wins so cj i'll let you go first we're going over under 87 wins or 87 and a half 87 see these numbers that you're throwing out there they do mean a lot you know we said long season 162 games but you know that one or two games at the end they do uh they all they all count they all mean something there so that is important um 87 and a half. I'm going to go over 87 and a half. I do think that the Mets uh, make the playoffs. I think that we will be in October. Um, I do think that we fall just under the 90 win mark. Um, just right now, there's a lot of question marks still. I am optimistic, um, but the team's not a finished product yet. And I think that those early games in April, you know, we have two months without the Grom at least. Um, I think that could hurt us a little bit. So I think, uh, 87. I'll go over it. I'm picturing the Mets at like 88, 89. So it is close by the skin of my teeth, but I am going to go over. I'm going to go over as well. I mean, what kind of uh, kind of fans would we be if we're, if we're predicting under, boys? We want, we want division. We want NL. We want World Series. We're only doing that if we win 90-plus. Over, baby. Pretty sure if we were to play this exact question from this date a year ago today, we all said over as well. So let's hope that it is not the same case. And for this year, maybe we know what we're talking about because I'm going over too. Like you said, Greg, what kind of fan would it be if we think we're not winning 87 and a half games? I'm with CJ though. 90 wins. I just feel like 90 wins is that feat in baseball that if you win 90 games plus, like, you're really, really solid for the whole year. I do think this team's going to face some, uh, like, hiccups and bumps along the way. But I, I just feel like we're going to end the year better. Or I wouldn't say end the year. Like, just in July, August, like, June, I just feel like we're going to be a better baseball team. And I think we're going to get over that hump this year. I don't think we'll be one of the elite top contenders in the NL. But when we get to the playoffs, knock on wood, when we hopefully we get there, we'll have a DeGrom and a Scherzer to lead the way. So I do feel like the over and wins is going to happen. But like CJ said, 90 wins is a tough one because that's like the feat of just being really solid all year, all year long. 
Yeah, 90 wins is like the benchmark. It's a very good team. So I agree. I mean, for context, when we went to the World Series in 2015, that team won 90 games on the dot. So I think this team definitely has more talent. Um, you know, the 15 team got hot, had a huge second half. Um, so I'm not, I do think that this team is more talented um, than the 15 team. But a lot of things do have to go in our uh, direction. Like you said, there's a couple question marks, uh, some health question marks. Um, so, yeah, I think that 88, 90 wins, 90, if we have 90 wins, that's like I said, very good season. We'd be very happy to see that. Um, but just getting to the playoffs with the rotation that we have, if everybody's healthy, we can definitely make some noise. So that should just be the goal. Get to October and let the rotation play and see what happens. All right, boys. That's good stuff. I'm excited for uh, for Thursday. Hopefully no rain. And uh, let's enjoy the uh, first weekend of Mets baseball we got coming up. Greg, you hit the nail on the head. It was a great episode. Very excited for Mets opening day Thursday. Don't forget Apple TV on Friday for all us Mets fans. But like I said, you can still watch it. You don't need the subscription. Um, it will be free as of right now. Um, so get that Apple TV app downloaded, whatever you have, smartphone, um, whatever you have, and just get it there. And you'll be able to see your Mets on Friday. Hopefully no rain on Thursday. And uh, LGM. LSGM. It's still Mets.